All right, I heard recording in progress. That is a good sign. Since I did this yesterday and it didn't record, that's okay. How is everyone? Okay, I see a few of you coming on. Try to get my camera set up so that I can see. And I'm just gonna wait a couple of minutes for everyone to come on. Get my notes up. So if you joined me yesterday, this will be very similar to what I, what I taught yesterday. And I'm going to be doing this a little bit more often because I did enjoy it so much. So the fact that I have to do it again to get the recording so I can send it out to everyone who can't join me live is totally fine. I was excited to record it a second time or record it for the first time, but do it a second time. All right, I see some of you coming on now. So let's go ahead and just get started so we can start on time. This will be probably a little less than an hour. I'm gonna teach you a few things for about 30 minutes. I will open up the questions at the end. So let me make sure that is ready. Okay, so I don't have the chat opened because it's distracting and I can't really see the chat if you were to post anything. So if you have a question, just post it in the Q&A box and I will get to those at the end. And then I will tell you about my group coaching program also starting next week that I'm really excited about. I have some fun women in there already that we're excited to start create a community of parents of teenagers. When you are around like-minded women who are going through some of the same things you are and you realize you're not alone, that you're not a failure as a parent, even just that aspect of it, without the coaching side, without the parenting strategies and tools, that is so helpful because just knowing you're not alone and that other people are experiencing the same thing as you are is so, so helpful. So to introduce myself, I'm Kristen Goodman. I'm a certified life coach. I got certified in 2019 and I love parenting. I love parenting strategies, parenting books. And I have always, since my oldest was born, she's 19 now, I just loved learning about parenting. And I remembered my first parenting class I went to was actually with my sister who needed some, uh, I don't remember what they were called, CEUs or continuing education for, for her teaching certificate. And so I went with her to this parenting class and I enjoyed it so much. I learned a lot and it really helped me as I had a toddler at the time. And so I've just always enjoyed learning different techniques and strategies and just how to manage my own mind around parenting, not taking things personally. And I found a lot of value in it. Coaching, when coaching came into my life, it was when I was really struggling with my kids. My oldest was becoming a teenager. Things were changing. And I just felt like the, the things that were working for me no longer worked. And because I was more sensitive and I would get offended and take things personally. It made it really hard emotionally, which had other impacts in my life. And so that's when I found coaching and that really helped me apply 
so many more things that I had been learning and already trying to do, but it just wasn't working. So I think coaching and parenting strategies combined help so much because when you, you can say all of the things you can do all of the things, but if you're not feeling the energy driving the, those things that you're saying, if they're not true to you, it's not going to work. And we know it, as parents of teens, our kids are onto us, right? They know when we are, when we're trying to get information out of them or when we're trying to make them feel better, when we're worried about them, they know. And so it's so helpful when you can kind of get clear in your own mind, in your own body, that will just help the energy that you put out when you want to connect with your kids. So that's a little bit about me and how I got started. And so today we're going to talk through three things that you can do today just to start thinking about how you want to show up with your teenagers, because it's great when we're able to keep calm and stay patient, but when we lose our temper and we resort to guilt and shame, and we might be guilting and shaming our kids, it does not feel so great. We can see the impact it has on our kids because they tune us out. They go into their room. We don't see them. And it just can cause like a domino effect. So something small might end up turning into something big just because of those small things that lead to other small things. And then it gets turned into something bigger. So when we can manage the small things first, you'll start to see that it won't escalate into bigger power struggles, which is so helpful. So the, the focus of this workshop today is on you, not your teenager. We can focus on your teenager later, but really the start of this work is to focus on you because that's what you have control over. I think if we, if we knew how to control our teenagers and get them to listen and have that good relationship, that book would have been written and we would know, but we can't control our teenagers. That is something that we do know. We can control ourselves. So how do we do that? Where do we start? Start noticing what parenting strategy or parenting style you naturally gravitate to. And I'll just quickly explain the three types of parenting styles that um, are typically used in parenting. And I think we fluctuate between all three sometimes, depending on the child, depending on where, how we're feeling, what we're going through. So I picture a pendulum swing or like if you, that ride that you see at amusement parks, it's like the dragon and it goes back and forth. I kind of have this picture of something like that in my mind. In fact, this is what helped me name my podcast, by the way, I have a podcast called parenting in the middle. And I named it that because I was listening to some parenting podcasts and they were talking about the different parenting styles. And I had this visualization of this ride, this pendulum kind of going back and forth. And I'm like, that is how it feels as a parent. And really we want to be right in the middle. And so that's when I thought, oh my gosh, that's what I want my, my parenting podcast to be called is parenting in the middle. And then it was kind of fun because I also feel like as parents of teens, we're kind of in this middle stage of life as well. 
we're not parenting little kids anymore. We're not parenting adults quite yet, but we're, we're just right in the middle. And so this will help you too, as you're noticing your parenting styles, how you can shift to just get more in the middle, more clarity, more focus. And you'll recognize when you start going over in one direction a little too much. But I do think we do gravitate naturally toward one side or another. And even you and your spouse, if you're married, can you'll see that maybe both of you have the same natural tendency towards one style, or maybe you're opposite. Like me, my husband gravitates towards the more authoritarian parenting style. And the more the authoritarian parenting style is one that likes control and uses more force or um, there's not a lot of communication in this parenting style. And I want to say, really, there's, there's nothing wrong with any of these parenting styles when used correctly. And when the energy behind the parenting style is, is coming from a place of more love and curiosity and knowing that your child's behavior is not about you. When the energy behind your parenting style is really offended or takes things personally, it's going to come out that way. And so if you're an authoritarian parent, it'll come out in like harsh punishments, a lot of like really, really harsh discipline, shame, guilt, but there's nothing wrong with wanting more of that control and structure. And so maybe that's what you gravitate towards it's just important to, to know the energy behind it. And when you do know the energy behind it and you're able to get a little more clarity over why you have the roles that you have, why you're feeling so frustrated and you understand it's not your child making you feel that way. It's the story you've created. That is just a story. And you can think as you can think so many different ways about any situation. I really do feel like that pulls you in towards the middle towards more of a curiosity place. So you've got the authoritarian parent who is more rigid and strict and controlling. And there's not a lot of communication. There's not a lot of, it's kind of like a my way or the highway type of parenting style. So the child doesn't have any ability to talk through things or say, hey, I, or disagree. And then on the other side of the spectrum, so that's like on the really far side, on the other opposite end, you've got the more permissive or passive parent. And this is where I would naturally gravitate to. And it's like the Enneagram, if you're familiar with that, where it's like those personality tests. And when there's nothing wrong with any of them, whichever one you are, but when you're in an emotionally, we call it dysregulated, so you're kind of out of control, um, feeling really frustrated or really angry, then the, the things that you will do are not helpful and not even healthy. And so to go back to this permissive parenting style, this is like, uh, you kind of freeze and you don't know what to do. And so maybe you don't do anything. And this is not a neglectful parenting style. That's, I'm not even addressing that because clearly if you are here, if you're watching this webinar, you are a very concerned and loving parent, you want the best for your kids. And so I don't even really talk about that parenting, that style of parenting. I don't think any of these 
styles are neglectful. I just think when we know and have more clarity over the things that we want to do and want to have that connection and we're able to like practice these tools and strategies and have that connection with our teenagers, we will, it'll bring us more towards that center, which makes sense, right? Because we'll feel more centered. So this passive permissive parent freezes when they don't know what to do or they feel really triggered by something. And then they might not set a lot of rules or have a lot of structure. And so on that far end of the spectrum, the kids can kind of run the household. They um, know how to manipulate the parent to get what they want. Maybe they keep asking and asking and asking until the parent is like, fine, whatever you want. And they just can't deal with it. So that would be more on the permissive or passive parenting style. That rigid, that strictness isn't there. So it's more of kind of like a free for all. So anywhere along that spectrum is where we parent, right? Like, I don't know if we go all the way over to either end of the extreme, but we're somewhere there along either direction. So knowing what parenting style you naturally gravitate to is important so that you can be onto yourself because we don't want to be really strict and rigid and not allow for any communication with our child. That will lead to, you know, harsh punishments will lead to your child just not feeling safe that they can talk to you if something happens or if they do make a mistake, they cannot talk to you because they know that isn't safe for them. They will get a harsh punishment or they will not be listened to. They don't feel heard. So there may be a lot of hiding or shame or just a lack of communication. On that other spectrum, if you go to more of a permissive side of things, there's not a lot of rules or structure. And so for me, what I'm noticing that I'm feeling a little out of control, a little out of balance, a little like, I don't know what, what to do in this situation. I know that I need to lean in and have my own boundaries, have my own back, know that my rules are important and that my child gets to feel however they want about it. So for me, that is a huge piece of it because when I would get on that passive or permissive end, I didn't want my children to be mad at me and I didn't want them to feel sad. And so it would lead to a lot of like, and now I don't know what to do because if I enforce this role, they're going to be upset at me and I can't handle that. So that would lead to like the freeze or the, the lack of discipline. And so wherever you are, just kind of notice like where you naturally gravitate to, and that will really help you in your awareness of what you need to change. Do you need to get a little more strict and structured and consistent or do you, and, or do you need to get a little less strict, a little more open-minded, a little more, um, able to communicate and allowing your, your children to have an opinion. So that's step one is focus on you, the type of parent you are, and that will help so much in your responses versus your reactions. But you've got to notice those first and we'll talk about those later. And so I think the authoritarian parenting style is more of that dictator. So think of like a dictator. And a dictator doesn't really have a lot of control, even though they want that control and they think they have it when their child is doing the things that they want them to do. But if you really think about it, that dictator doesn't have any control at all 
because the only power that dictator has is that punishment or that fear, right? Like they're instilling, instilling fear in their kids in order to have that control. And really that's not any power at all. So you want, so I like to think of it instead of control or power, it's more of influence. When you have influence over your kids, over your teenagers, they respect you. They listen to you. You understand that they're a teenager though, and their brains aren't fully developed. They're actually supposed to, uh, dis, um, it's not disassociate, but they are supposed to individuate from you. So that it's, it's okay for that to feel uncomfortable for them to push back against rules. Like that's a normal teenage behavior. And so that doesn't mean it's a problem and that it just means that life is happening just as it's supposed to. And so when you have that influence though, you will give them grace. You will be that safe person that they can come to when they're like, okay, now I, this is, I'm kind of stuck or I'm in this situation and I don't know what to do to get out of it. You will have that relationship. It takes time. It takes patience. It's up and down all around. So it doesn't look linear and perfect and that's okay. But notice when you get into that dictator mode and that that dictator mode thinks that they have power, but they really, really don't. So it's important to have the influence, be the influence in your child's life, not that controlling dictator. The other thing that makes it tricky as parents is we can get into lawyer mode. Lawyer mode is when I would do this all the time. I would come from a loving place and know that my rules were set out of love and that I wanted my child to do certain thing because I knew it was good for them. And so I would try to convince them why I was doing the things that I was doing as if I needed their permission or I needed their buy-in. I would try to convince them and it did not work. And I realized this when I, when I would have the thought, like, what is it that I'm really wanting? Why am I trying to convince them? Or I would notice the power struggle that it would create because I would tell them all the reasons why they should do something. And they would just come back at me with all of the reasons why they thought they shouldn't have to do something. And it would just become this power struggle and everyone was mad. Again, what are those simple things that when you can stop doing this one little simple thing, this big thing that it would create does not happen anymore. So it's, it's really, really helpful. Notice when you get into power mode, lawyer mode, when you are trying to convince your kids why you are doing the things that you are doing. They don't have to understand it. As long as you understand it, you're coming from a good loving place. You have good reasons for the things that you are doing. Your teenagers don't have to like it and they don't have to understand it. And so you don't have to talk about it. And it's not the same as like, because I said so. That's more of the authoritarian. You know, it's just more of a, I know this is hard. I know you don't like this, but I, this is my role. This is what we're going to do. And I'm sorry, it's hard for you. And then keep going along with your day and allow them to be upset. It looks more like that. So what we want to do is just stay in this where we are in control. We're not so much controlling our teenagers and how they feel and the things that they are doing, but we are controlling ourselves and the things that we are doing and how we are feeling. And even if we are feeling triggered or dysregulated, a lot of anger, frustration, we know that it's, it's normal to feel that way as a parent. 
And it's normal to feel upset or sad when our kids do things that we know aren't good for them. That's okay to feel, it's okay to feel sad about that. But that's emotion that we need to process, right? And fix within ourselves so that we can show up with that clarity, with that centeredness to have a conversation with our teenager, to set boundaries or to allow them, you know, depending on how old they are to make mistakes and, and fail at times, which is really hard. And so this is why the workshop that I'm, I'm doing in the group coaching program that will be starting next week is so important because we do want our teens. And this is for, even if you have younger kids too, we want to create that relationship with them that is a safe person so that they will come, they will talk to us. Most of the time they will listen to us once you get to this place. So one of the things that we talk about in the group coaching program that I lead is snapshot child syndrome, or like this picture perfect child that you have in your mind of how they should be, how they should act, how they should turn out. And when this is different than the way that they are, or they're behaving in a way that isn't the picture we have for them, it creates a problem and it makes us react and say things and do things as if it's a problem. So we might yell, we might slam doors, we might say things to our kids that create some shame in them. And so how we get around this is just notice that you're doing this. Notice that you have this idea of what you want your child to be like, what you want them to do and how they should behave. And this can be like big picture and this can be just like the smallest part of your day. So you tell your, like if I think of an example from, from my own life with one of my kids who's constantly late and doesn't always know where her shoes are and just kind of like scattered. When I feel like frustrated about this and I'm just like, you know, the time we're supposed to leave, where are your shoes? go get your shoes. And then if I find that they still haven't gotten their shoes, I will feel really frustrated about that. Right. And everyone would agree. It's really frustrating. Well, how the idea of this picture perfect child idea works is the idea I have for my, my daughter is that she would always know where her shoes are, that she would time out her morning to be prepared and know that that's what she needs to do. So the problem arises when that's not my daughter and she isn't doing those things. And so it's a problem now for me. She's different than the way I want her to be in my mind. And so I'm seeing a different picture in my mind of my daughter than the reality of where we're at right now. And this doesn't mean you just let things go and not let them bother you. It just means instead of this being a problem, This is just a teachable moment. This is just a situation where I have an opportunity to teach and show up to my child to help her. And maybe she doesn't need help. And maybe she will just be a chronically late person. And at some point that isn't on me anymore. I can only do so much to teach. And then they've got to figure it out on their own, which might be some life lessons. And that's okay, right? That's okay to have that and to know that your kids can handle those life lessons. They can make it through, trust that they will figure it out. They have you for support. That's how I get to that centered place. So 
I will notice the frustration I have about not knowing where the shoes are, we're running late. Those are my feelings that are not created from my daughter and her lack of organization. They're just created from the story I have that my daughter should be more organized, prepared. I don't like being late. And that's okay to have. It's just emotion that I need to process myself so that I don't need to take my frustrations out on my daughter. And I can get into that teachable place that knows, all right, this is the situation. It's important to be prepared so that you don't have to stress. I don't like stressing. And I can say that to her and just try to teach her, try to set some, you know, maybe accountability markers. Maybe it's setting, helping her set up the night before to find her shoes. Those ideas will come to you when you're not filled with drama from the frustration that your child is different than they are, if that makes sense. So that's snapshot child syndrome or picture perfect child, whichever way you like to say it and frame it. When you feel like your child behavior is making you feel a certain way, it's not, it's just the picture you have of what you think they should do or what, what you think they should be like. And they're not that. And so now you feel frustrated by it. You feel like it's a problem. It's not a problem. It's just a teachable moment. So changing your thoughts around this though, when you're feeling frustrated can be really, really hard. And it is hard, but, and it takes time. So it's okay. Like just, just acknowledge that this is difficult work, but it's important work and we're up for it. So where do we even start? We start by noticing how we feel. What are the things that trigger us when we are parenting? What things do our kids do and say that make us feel how we feel? So think of your like top three, I'll say negative emotions. So maybe it's overwhelm, frustration, anger. It'll be different for everyone. So just think about it for you, what your top three, top two or three go-to emotions are. If it's overwhelm, you're annoyed, frustrated. And then when you feel that way, what do you typically do? How do you respond? Is it yelling? Is it shutting down? How do you respond when you feel that way? That's the first step is just noticing. So maybe you can think of an example from yesterday or last week when you had an experience where you did something that you didn't feel showed up in the best way. You didn't show up how you want to do. Think about that. And then now I want you to ask yourself this question. This is my favorite question because this is the first question I remember asking myself when I started making these changes and allowing coaching to work for me. And it's, what am I making this mean? So you're feeling dysregulated, frustrated, annoyed because of thoughts that you were thinking. But right now you think it's because of your kid's behavior and what they're doing and what's going on around you. And that's, that's totally fine. We're going to get, we're going to get to the next step, but right now, what are you making the situations in your life mean that cause you to feel so much emotion? Because the emotion you feel again will lead to the yelling, the slamming of the doors or that dysregulated place that you don't like. So it's just noticing and asking yourself if the story you are creating is true. 
your mind focuses on what your eyes see. So when you see your child, um, or maybe I said that backwards, like your, your mind sees, your eyes see what your mind focuses on. That's the way to say it. So notice what your mind is thinking, right? If you're thinking your daughter is always unorganized and late, and it's so frustrating and hard to teach her, that is what your eyes will see. And it'll see every time your child leaves papers everywhere or can't find their shoes, whatever it is that you have in your mind right now of an example of a time where you feel triggered, what are you making it mean? And then that story is what you're going to create for yourself because that is what your eyes will see. Our brains are so smart and they want to be right. And so it makes sense that if you're thinking a certain way, your brain will find, because it's so helpful, it'll find all of the reasons to support how you think and how you feel. So start noticing that you're doing this because what else is true is that there are so many different other ways to think and feel about the same situation, but you're not able to see it yet because your mind is so focused on the story that you have right now. And that's okay. The goal right now today for sure is not to change your story. Keep the story you have, but you have to know and understand the story that you have. What's the problem for you right now? And why is it a problem? What are you making your child, your teenager's behavior mean? Okay, so I'm going to go to the question box. So this is the good time for you to put in the question box any questions that you have, whether it's a particular situation you have with your child, or if it's a question for me about anything that I have said during this workshop. And while you are typing in your questions, I will just tell you a little bit about my group coaching program that I will be starting next week. You can get more information about it at parentinginthemiddle.com. It's eight weeks long and you will get a specific lesson and it'll be through video every single week. You will also get a workbook with worksheets, like a physical workbook that you can watch alongside with the video and make notes in, put your own, you know, apply it to your own specific situation. We will have a weekly group coaching call through Zoom where we can all connect and you can get actual coaching or submit anonymous questions so that you can get help in specific areas in your parenting. You will also have access to a private Facebook group that I have with other parenting in the middle uh, participants, past and present. And so I want you to be able to share experiences there sure get support from other parents there. And so I will send out the link through my email for subscribe to my email list. If not, just go to parentinginthemiddle.com and you can find all the information there. Because you're watching this webinar today, so it's Tuesday until midnight, you will get $50 off the uh, price today if you use the code SAVE50. So capital S-A-V-E five zero save 50 and you will save $50. So the eight week group coaching course is $397. If you pay in full, you can use the $50 off coupon code and it's 347. So it's super, super affordable. It'll 
really be helpful to be among a group of women, get actual coaching, actual questions answered. And then you also have the lessons and the workbook and the videos to just help you stay consistent every single day. It doesn't take a long time. It's just being in that right mindset, right? Like once a week might not help you be in that right mindset, but if every single day you're able to log on and, you know, get a quick tip or go on the Facebook group and ask a question or see other questions, that is just going to help keep you in the right frame of mind where you will be able to apply the tools that I teach and really see progress. All right. So the other bonus though, today, if you purchase it today at that 347 price point, you will get a, a link to schedule two free one-on-one calls with me, which is going to help you if there's specific situations that maybe you don't feel comfortable bringing to the group, or maybe you just really want that one-on-one, like let's dive into what's really, what you're really struggling with. And it could be in any situation, whether it's parenting or in any other relationship in your life or situation in your life that you want to just deep dive in and get coached on you will get those two bonus calls if you sign up today. And so I really want, wanted to incentivize you guys that if you are watching this today, you jumped on live or you're watching the recording live, I wanted to give you a, a good reason to, this is, to know if this is for you and to give you a good reason to just hop on in and join us and you will, you will get a lot out of it. There's also a way to pay in two payments and that's fine too. And it's, I think 199 if, um, twice, you'll get billed 199 two times. And so there's an option to do that as well, but then you don't have the coupon code. So um, either way though, is, is fine with me. So let's get to some of these questions. Is this for, okay, so I have a question on if this is for older kids or if it can be for adult kids. This is for honestly any relationship that you have in your life that you are struggling with. These are just communication skills and strategies that you can use with your kids. I'm passionate about parenting, especially our teenagers, but really you will find that you will use these parenting strategies, these communication strategies with so many different people. It'll help you in so many other areas of your life with people that you might struggle with. Um, so if you have an adult child, it'll help you. If you have toddlers, it will help you. I so wish I had some of the parenting tools when my kids were little, but I didn't have the coaching with it. I didn't get the coaching until my oldest was like 15. And so I so wish I would have had the two together. I get a lot of questions about knowing that your teenager is lying and what to do when your teenager is lying to you. And how I respond to that is this is where you want to have that influence. You want to know how to talk to them. So it's, it starts out with an, I notice statement. I'm noticing that. And what are you noticing? You're not inviting a power struggle when you are saying you're noticing something. You're inviting them to lean in, to come in, depending on how old your child is, will help you know what to do from there. But really starting out with that, I'm noticing that and having that conversation. It takes time and it takes practice. And at first, if you're not used to doing this, your teenager is going to be like, I don't know what's happening. And they're not going to just all of a sudden tell you everything. 
It'll take time for you to establish that trust with them, but it will happen. And you will find that your teenagers do talk to you more. They will come to you more. They will respect your, your rules and reasons for your rules. With that said, you will have more clarity on what rules are important and where you can allow for more space and growth. Something that I have noticed, and this was another question I got yesterday was, um, let me think of what it was. It was um, just noticing the difference in the kids today than like when we were younger. When we were younger, the way our parents parented most of us was like, this is what you do. This is how you do it. This is what we expect. And then we just did it. And I think they framed the question like kids were more obedient. Um, It seemed to be more obedient or now it seems like kids just don't care and they do whatever they want and they're not respectful. And again, go back to that, what your mind, mind thinks your eyes will see and it'll find it everywhere. Find evidence for the way you think everywhere. Cause I can equally find really, really amazing teenagers and respectful teens. But with that said, there's truth to that. The way that we were parented worked for us when we were younger. The way the world is right now, where there is access to so much information and the world moves so fast, our kids can learn about things. You know, we can have all the restrictions in the world. And if they really want to know something, they will figure it out, how to learn about it. And so the world just moves really, really fast. Our kids don't have that downtime that we have. They don't have that break. They come home from school and they're still connected to everyone. And so it's a different world. And I think because of that, it means parenting needs to change. And so if you're a little bit hesitant to let go of this parenting style, that's like parents should be in control and kids should listen to them and not question the things that parents tell them to do. If you're kind of stuck there, that's okay. I kind of think about it like holding on to a blanket. It's like you have this blanket and it feels comfortable and we like our blanket. We don't want anyone to take it away. It should just be this way. Well, in parenting, if you are really rigid like that, it's going to feel terrible because you may have a child who pushes back or who doesn't listen or you find yourself not with that relationship you always wanted with your child. And it's because you're holding on to this tight idea, this blanket, that it should look a certain way and it doesn't. And so we can loosen the grip that you have on this blanket, that it's okay for your parenting style to change. It's okay to give your child more freedom. And maybe they already have the freedom, right? You're just feeling like you need to not allow it because as you know, like a good parent wouldn't let their kids do X, Y, Z. But notice if they're already doing something, they are already in a way having that freedom. Then what good is it for you to hold on to this idea that they shouldn't have the freedom and that they should be different than they are? It goes back to that snapshot child syndrome. And so it's looking at it differently. It's letting go of that blanket and thinking, okay, we've got to do something different if we want to reach our kids, if we want to have that influence, especially those that like to push back. They're more stubborn. And those are really good qualities to have that are going to serve them well in their life if they can 
utilize them correctly, right? And then also remember that those kids you have that are obedient, always listening and following the rules, and they seem like they're doing really well, maybe they are actually just afraid to do things wrong. And so that obedience comes from some fear and anxiety, but it doesn't feel as uncomfortable because they are listening and it looks good on the outside, but on the inside, they feel more anxious and they feel more, um, they don't want to make mistakes. And so is that better than the one, the ones who push back a little bit? Those are just things that I like to think about that help me get out of that tight, like you're just holding on to that tight thought that things should be the, the way that they were, that parents should be in control and kids should listen to them, right? So thank you for being here today. If there are any other last minute questions, I am going to answer them here, but otherwise I think I have answered them all. Go to parentinginthemiddle.com and get information so that you can join me next week as we start our group parenting course. I would love to have you in there. And if you have any questions, you can also find me on Instagram at Kristen Goodman coaching, and we will talk to you soon. Have a good day.